Welcome to another podcast with City Edge Church. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. So we've got our panel of guests here tonight, and, uh, and I just want to introduce them. Uh, tonight we've got Dave Hodson here. And uh, just going to share a little bit about Dave. We're going to give him a huge clap in a moment. But, you know, Dave has been a member of City Edge uh, for over 17 years. And uh, Dave is the founder and CEO of the Peloton Group of Companies. And in 2006, Dave launched here at City Edge, Kingdom Investors, a marketplace ministry that reaches globally and impacts thousands of business leaders to build on kingdom principles. He has also launched the ASP movement, that's the All Shell Prosper movement, globally, which encourages businesses, business practices built on sharing and caring in an order to build a just nation. And that's happening globally now, it's incredible. And uh, I just wanna, let's give, Dave, a huge clap tonight. Just welcome him here tonight. So good. Awesome. We've also got Joe and Mia Nusafora as well. Who've, yes, they have been members here for over eight years. And uh, Joe and Mia have been leading Alpha here at City Edge. And Joe is currently launching a new men's life group as well, which is going great, uh, in the process of launching now. And uh, they also own the business Clean Getaway a mobile car detailing business that has clients all over the coast. Uh, It has grown to become a successful business uh, now with detailing workshops in Rwanda. There's a workshop now in Rwanda. And uh, finally, something amazing, they're expecting their first child in May this year. So let's give a shout out for Joe and Mia. So good, Mama Mia. Yeah, so good. And uh, we're, we're excited for you guys, which is brilliant. Well, we're going to start our questions tonight, and I'll start with you, Dave. And uh, you've, you've lived uh, such an incredible journey in your life. And, uh, you know, I, I've always said to you that it's like four lives in one. And uh, it's amazing. We're only touching on one part of that tonight. Uh, but I'd love, you know, uh, for you to share about Peloton and how that all began. And uh, just share a little bit of that history with us, which would be great. Okay. Um, Paladin, for those of you who don't know, that's my company, Paladin Corporation. Um, we came here in 2001 from Atherton Tablelands under a prophetic word to help Pastor Dan uh, build a mighty church. And I thought, well, this is, means we're going to have to bricklay and on with the nail bag and physically build a church because we'd just done that on the Atherton Tablelands. The congregation physically built the building. And so I thought, oh, well, we have to do it again and then let's get this done and I can go home. But uh, when I arrived here on the third night that I was here, Pastor Dave MacDonald prophesied over me and said, you'll be writing six-figure checks for this church in the near future. And there was no plan to build a building anyway. So obviously, for me, it was finances. The church needed funding. And I knew, you know, from talking to Pastor Dan, the church was in dire financial straits in those days. So I deliberately formed my company to actually fund the church. That's why we, we formed Paladin Australia in those days. It was a partnership between a bunch of other guys. But we had no money, literally. We had $76,000 worth of credit card debt. That's all we had, no assets whatsoever. I'd even sold all my clothes. I was a builder's laborer, and now we had to write a $100,000 check for this church. So with that in mind, I decided to learn about finance and how to actually borrow money from this bank and uh, for a deposit in that bank for a loan and just fiddle everything as fast as I could to make 100 grand and go back home to the bush where I belonged. But uh, so we deliberately, we did that. I, I joined a company, a finance company, and learned how money worked. And I engaged in what God told me to do. 
And because of that, he applied his favor. And within two years and seven months, we had a $100 million company. Okay, and we were funding the church and writing the six-figure checks and so on to keep the church afloat. Um, and then we, we diversified the company into what it is today's $800 million company. So that's how we started and why we started. Wow, that's awesome, Dave. Thank you so much. And for Joe and Mia, uh, can you please give us an overview of your business and experience there as well? Yep, so um, like you said, we've got Clean Getaway Car Detailing, which is a car detailing business. If you don't know what that is, just look us up on Facebook and make sure you hit the like button. Um, and um, do it now just to get over and done with. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so, you know, we have a detailing business. Like Pastor Paul said, we got a workshop in Murana, and we also have a mobile service as well. But uh, for us, you know, the journey all started back when I migrated down from uh, North Queensland to the sunny coast to do university. Um, yeah, there's a lot of us here. And I did a uh, university for about a year. Uh, and uh, about, uh, about a year into doing my degree, I got a job working for a, a car detailing business. And uh, about six months in doing that part-time, the owner of the business who she wasn't able to work, I was literally the, the only person working in the business. She uh, offered to sell it to me. And I didn't have any money to buy it, so I had to... It's, it was something I really wanted to do. I really felt God called me to do it. So I had to get a loan and go through all that to be able to buy the business uh, and, you know, have a plan in course so that I actually could do it. And so we did go ahead with doing that, which was really cool. Um, and so then about six months after that of running the business and doing uni, I really had to, to decide, do I keep doing university or do both or just do the business itself? And my heart was really with the business. I knew I was really called to do it. So I deferred uni and then later quit um, and uh, focused on just doing clean getaway car detailing. And, um, you know, started off just with a very small clientele um, and just hunting for work and with, you know, with the trailer behind my Commodore um, and eventually was able to upgrade, you know, to as we got, uh, as I got bigger and um, more busier to a van and then getting another van. And then, um, you know, when we got married four years ago, um, Mia had to, we had, we needed someone to work in our office and to help me run the administration sort of role, um, bookkeeping and all that, because I was not good at that and I hated it. So it was not working out very well for me. And uh, so, you know, Mia had to sacrifice her full-time uh, career job to pretty much quit that and and come into the business. So, so her whole, you know, livelihood was just dependent on our business. And um, so we really had to make sure our hearts were fully in line uh, with God and, and put him first, because the only way it was going to work is if, you know, he was in the centre. Because um, her job was a, a pivotal role in our, just in our livelihood. Um, and yeah, so, you know, uh, I was 19 and a half when I got the business, uh, bought it. So, you know, eight, eight years or nine years, whatever it is, nine years, I think, um, later now, um, you know, we've been able to grow it quite sig uh, significantly. Uh, and But we look back now and we're just, you know, we, or I often say, how, what, what, like, how, do I even, how do we get here? Like, it had to be God. Like, it was God. I know it was God. Um, and to the point where you just wonder, like, man, I was such a bad detailer when I first started. Like, I'm surprised no one, like, you know, I don't know, chucked a car at me or something because it was that bad. But, you know, just God's been with us the whole way and is still with us. And, um, yeah, so that's where we are right now. So we have about, uh, we got, like, seven detailers working for us, um, or six, actually, an administrator. And Mia does all, like, the uh, office, ad, uh, like, accounts and all that fun stuff. And um, I still work as well, so. <laughs> awesome. You do a great job there too, Joe and Mia. 
So good. And, uh, and back to Dave. Uh, at what point did you realize that you being in business was not just about making money for your family and your needs, but was also about the assignment God had given you? Okay, so the, by the assignment, I guess Pastor Paul is talking about that which God wants us to do individually as opposed to the person sitting next to you. Most of you have heard me talking about my pet subject, the assignment, quite often. But uh, it's much more specific than, than the broad Christian purpose, okay? So God wants all of us to do something. That's why he brought us into the earth. Some people many things, some people just one thing. And um, it's such that, that Moses go and get my, my people out of Egypt or Ananias go and lay hands on Paul and then Paul go and preach to the, the Gentiles and so on. Those are all assignments. So my assignment came probably maybe two years after I arrived here and we're starting to build the company, we're starting to get big, we're funding the church. Um, and then we had Pastor Ivan Nosworthy here. He's an older fellow, one of the founding members of Christian Outreach Centre. And he was an itinerant pastor. So he used to go out and relieve pastors from here to somewhere on the other side of the world as far as you could drive. He used to go there all the time whenever they wanted to go on holiday. And he would look after their church. And he was always, the first thing he found when he got there is they had no finances. So the first thing he did is dob me in and say, oh, you have to get Hodgson to come out here, you know. So I was going out there and, and doing that for him just to, you know, help him along. And around about that time, I started getting prophetic words, three of them in a row, two weeks apart, uh, each one two weeks apart, openly in the church, prophetic guys coming through and one lady call me out and say, you know, Lord, show me you're going to go and counsel the kings. And I honestly didn't even know who the kings were. I thought it was Prince Harry and Prince William and I'm, somehow I'm going to go and talk to these dudes, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but when I learned who it was, I really didn't want to do it. I thought, I don't, want, I don't like public speaking. What do I got to offer the business people? So I was kind of not didn't want to do it, but I, I understood provision, and I didn't want the Lord to stand, stand me down again. You know, I'd just been broke. I didn't want to be broke again. And we had a $100 million company. So I said to the Lord, I made a deal with him and said, okay, I will always go when I'm asked, but I will never promote and never build a website and never volunteer. I tell you guys, don't make stupid deals with God. It was a stupid deal. God always wins, and it's no one. Ever since then, it's they just never stop asking. So I always have to go, and right up until last year, still get tested. I had to do 78 lectures last year, only 23 in Australia, 55 overseas. That's a lot of travelling, a lot of trips, you know. But that's how my assignment came, and as that assignment grew, um, uh, Pastor Dan asked me to form a business ministry in this church. And I said to him, Dan, business ministries don't work traditionally in churches. They still don't. They, they just don't work. And he said, doesn't matter. You, you know, I said, can we change the model? He said, go for your life. So we changed it and we formed Kingdom Investors. And KI then grew and other churches said, can they send their business people? So they all came and it grew to the Gold Coast because they were coming in buses and they said, you come down there. So we went there, then Perth, then Newcastle, then all over Australia and then overseas and so on. So as the assignment grew, we became more influential as a company and we had a vast audience, thousands and then hundreds of thousands of business people and then influence with government started coming and so on. So now these days we influence public policy and so on through that same assignment that, that started here all those years ago. So. Wow, wow, that is fantastic. And uh, so Dave, you just touched on provision there and I know you've got an incredible revelation on the provision of God, which is what our Game Changer series is about. I'd love for you to go into that. Can you explain that to everyone to give some understanding on your revelation? Yeah, so 
don't know if most of you guys would have been here in November in the morning service, but we did a lecture on provision. I never actually finished it. But the fundamentals of God's provision are three concentric circles. Uh, the inner circle, and, and this is actually the model of his whole uh, biblical economy as well. But in the center circle is the concept of subsistence. So uh, God will provide simply because he loves you. Um, in Matthew 6, 26, he says so. He says, you know, I, I look at the birds, don't I feed them? Look how awesome they look. They don't need to sow, they don't need to reap, they don't need to put anything in the barns. So it's not a tithing deal. I simply love you, how much more will I provide for you? And when we understand that, that God will provide for us simply because he loves us, we will be at peace with our Christian walk, okay? So the next circle coming out from that is the circle of overflow. God watches what we do with that initial subsistence provision. So, for example, if you're really hungry and you need food, which a lot of people in this country do, and God provides, someone comes to you with money for food, you need to buy food, okay? If you gamble that away or go and get booze or something, you're never going to get past the subsistence level. There are whole cultures in this country and around the world that never get past this, okay? But if you do, then God says, okay, these people are stewards, they're responsible, let's do some overflow. And it's out of that overflow that he watches you really, really carefully, no matter how big or small the overflow, if you're giving and tithing and offering and sharing and caring with that overflow, those are God's principles for what wealth is all about. And as soon as he sees that, you start moving into the area of multiplication, which is the outer circle. Everything God does in the Bible is all about multiplication. Luke 19, here's a slave, a genuine slave. He has one mina. Go and trade this, and I'm, back, I'm coming back in six months to see how well you did. He came back with 10 minutes. That's a 1,000% in six months. That's Jesus talking, okay? So that's the model. That's the multiplication. But that only comes once you've proven to God himself that you are coming under his provision. No matter what level, subsistence, overflow, multiplication, the provision is always there. The minute you seek to step out of that provision, exactly what Lucifer did, it's why he became Satan, exactly what Adam and Eve did, they sought to be like God. Okay, devil said, if you take from this tree of good and evil, a knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. That, that meant they, they sought to step out of God's provision and create wealth. If you really understand this properly, the knowledge of good and evil enables you to create wealth through evil. Okay, the only way you can create wealth outside of God's provision is via evil. In other words, at the expense of others. There's no other way. That's a fact. So God wants you to stay under his provision because then you've got to do it righteously. Everybody prospers. So that's how it works. So God cursed the ground. This is where the wealth came from. They had sheep, flocks, and crops, and so on. It all came out of the ground. He cursed the ground to restrict the ability to create wealth from evil. Okay? And only throughout the Bible when people broke that, when they proved to God that they would stay under his provision, did he lift the curse. You remember that with Noah? He let all those animals go. The animals were wealth in those days. They were the currency. He had all the currency on his, on his boat. God said, let them go. He could have kept them and kept all the wealth, but he actually let them go and said, God, I don't need the wealth. You're the provider. Let the, let the golden egg go. You're the goose that lays the eggs. I'm relying on you. And God said in Genesis 8, I will lift the curse off your ground. So I know how God has lifted the curse off our ground at Paladin. And, and you guys, every single person in this room, don't have to be in business you want the curse lifted, you have to understand that God is still providing. Never pray for independence from God. When you're praying for breakthrough, never try and break out of his, uh, his provision. You see it lastly in Deuteronomy 8.18, where God says, I'll give you the power to create wealth. He's just finished saying, I've, I've given you subsistence for 40 years in the desert. 
manna, some quails, water from rocks, and so on. There was nothing left over. You couldn't even store it until the next day. Deliberately taught them subsistence. Rely on me. And then he said, now we're going to the promised land, and I'm going to give you the, the power to create wealth. And he said, but only if you remember that power comes from me. I'm providing this power. And if you use it for assignment, my covenant in the earth, then I will lift the curse. Okay, so that's the fundamentals of God's provision. Wow, that's so good. So good. I love that. What that shows us as well is that in this level, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, what your capacity is, what you do for a job, you may be in business or you're in uni or you're working a job, this, it's, it's, these principles, they are across the board. Uh, this is about the position of our lives before God. Remember, blessing is not about your bank account. Blessing is about the position of our lives by God's account, okay? And this is where we want, we're, we're wanting to help everybody on this journey. And, and I know Dave lives this so well. It's just brilliant. So to Joe and Mia now, uh, what changed in the way you did life after the revelation that God is the source of your provision? Well, we've always known God was our provider and we've always trusted in that, but it became real for us um, a few years ago when I started working in the business and the miracle offering came up. And we really wanted to keep God the center of our business. And we wanted to be a kingdom business. We didn't want to just be doing it for ourselves. Um, and so we prayed about it. We got a number. Um, and then every year since, God has challenged us to double it. And so he has a real sense of humor. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, thanks, God. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Every like We knew that, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to step up our prayer game, step up our faith, and really trust in God and call him on that. And so... Um, since then, we've had to, you know, we've set up Monday night prayer nights where we pray and we worship God and we just call upon that and call upon that, that offering of what we're sowing um, into God. And so um, it's really, it's quite difficult when you sacrifice your treasure. Like when you sacrifice your time and your talent, as much as it's not easy, your treasure is so hard. Like that's money to pay bills, to pay rent. Um, and as a woman, I'm like, man, this could go to a house deposit or like something for our future. Um, but it was really important for us to keep our heart right. Um, and so since really that, since that season, we really knew that we had to rely on God to provide for us because we were giving such a challenging amount. Um, and so, and we've seen God move so much through that season as well. And um, it's, it's been amazing. And so I really encourage everyone to, like whenever God challenges you on something, just pray it through. <laughs> he always comes through for us and he always provides. And Joe and I, like, we can't do it on our own, like, and it's only by God that we, we get through, and there's been weeks where we're just like, how is this going to happen? Like, we're going to have to work late, and it's like every week that offering came out, we had enough, and we've never gone without. We've always, God's always provided for us and kept us in his promise, and so, it's, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> awesome. That's so good. Thank you, Mia. Yeah, and uh, this is a question for all, and I'll, I'll start with you, Dave. Uh, how have you seen God move in your life? as you've trusted him in your generosity. Okay, um, I'll tell you a story, I guess. That's, stories stay with people through their memories. Um, years ago, maybe 2007, around about the time of the global financial crisis, um, we were doing a development down in Cornell in, near Sydney, about a $22 million development. And the bank we were dealing with got into trouble. We didn't get into trouble. Banks got into trouble in, in the GFC. And this is Australia's fifth bank, and it's probably its most crooked bank, even though it's its fifth bank. I think all banks are crooked. This one's the, one of the worst. But anyway, point is, they decided to call in the loan that we had for the development finance. 
okay? And I don't know if you know much about that sort of stuff, but you, you can't stop halfway through a development. So we couldn't pay them back. And so they, they sold the securities from under us. Then they came knocking on the door and they said, we want $14 million back from you uh, in the next four days, okay? So we had 14 days to give them, uh, four days to give them 14 million or they're going to wipe us out, especially my, our personal family trust, which is what we use for funding the kingdom and so on. So now this, that's a kind of a bit of a crisis, perhaps, and um, we kind of, you know, worried about what we're going to do with this. But at the same time, I was lecturing uh, an Australian Christian Lobby um, conference, and after that, uh, John, uh, uh, Jim Wallace came to me, uh, and he said, you know, Dave, there's a guy in Tasmania, his name's John, and uh, you and him think alike and you operate alike. He's a strong Christian, runs a business, funds the kingdom and so on. I'd like to introduce you one day. I said, yeah, great. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, God's now pulling some strings. Me and John are going to meet and we're going to make some money. He's going to pay out this crooked bank and we all live happy ever after. You know, and not long after I'm lecturing at, the, in fact, it was at the university at um, Compass. And Dave Yates came to me uh, and he said, you know what, you, there's a guy in Tassie, his name's John, and you guys think alike and, you know, He's a, he funds this and funds that big member of the ACL. You guys should meet. And I thought, awesome. Now we're going to make twice as much money. We're going to flog this stupid bank, you know. <laughs> and then uh, uh, soon after, I'm lecturing on the Gold Coast, and a guy comes to me and says, oh, my brother-in-law, you should meet him. His name's John. He's from Tassie. And uh, you guys think alike. And uh, this is now the third time. And I'm thinking, well, excellent. We're going to make so much money. We'll buy this stupid bank, you know. <laughs> and so that was my mindset. And, you know, we've got five finance companies, and one of the companies had a, a, an application for finance for $6 million. And I read it because anything above a certain level, they've got to come to me. So I looked at it, and I said, that's not a finance application. That's an SOS. That company's had it. There's no way we can lend money and threw it in the bin. Well, soon after that, I got asked to talk at a summit conference down in Tassie. And then the guy, John, shows up, and he says, after you finish, can we have dinner together? I said, yeah, what a pleasure. You know, let's go and make all this money. So we're going to have dinner together, and I ask him, how's his business going? And he said, no, it's not going so well. It's under major attack. You know, we've done nothing wrong, but look, this is happening. And as I listened, I thought, wow, that sounds like that application for six mil that's in my bin. And I said, hey, John, did you send out this application? He said, yeah. I said, well, it's in the bin. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, we're not going to make money here. The Lord wants us to work with this guy and save him. we got this battle with this bank. we got four days to pay 14 mil. Everything's going bad and wrong. Now we're not going to make money from this guy, but the Lord was saying, you, you, Hodgson, need to fix this guy, help this guy. The enemy is taking him out. Okay, so through obedience, I need to take my eyes off our problems. And I was intimate enough with the Lord to understand. I always say, why me, Lord? And the Lord was saying, because you understand finance. You can manipulate the banks. You, can, you know how to buy this his house, to save his house from the receiver, sell it to his son on the same day, simultaneous transaction. All this fancy footwork. You can do that. Remember, we think alike. So I had to do it. So I went to my board. I said, guys, this is what we've got to do. And they looked at me and said, you off your face. We have our own war. You know? <laughs> we just spent 300 grand now on lawyers and so on to fight this bank. And we were down to our last $125,000, literally. So that might sound like a lot, but, but in our context, it was the, <laughs> it's the last of our money. And so I said to them, okay, well, if you won't do it, I still have to do it. And they said, you do it. Off you go. So I did it. Even that last 125 grand, I gave it to them. I did all sorts of fancy stuff to preserve all their assets. Eventually, we won the war, and, and he went away, and he recovered and rebuilt a big, strong company again. And we ended up wounded and breathless and thinking, geez, Lord, okay, now how are we going to survive? Well, very quickly after that, that same guy came back into our office with an incredible offer 
to uh, buy into a coal mine in Tasmania, which we did, and we bought into that coal mine. And today that mine is valued at $420 million, and we own 50% of that mine. We only put in 70 mil, and yet we own all of that equity. And you know what? Two weeks later, I challenged that crooked bank. We went there and took them on nose to nose and fought with their lawyers very aggressively. They walked away from their 14 million, and we survived. That's the provision of God. Those are the miracles. And I'll, I'll send that to you guys now. So would you like to answer that? How has this changed for you guys in the realms of, of your generosity, trusting God? Yeah, well, um, I would definitely know. I, I know that like the provision of God was just so upon us when we did need to move into our, our workshop when we had to lease this building. Um, and, you know, we're in a state where, uh, like we had to choose what we wanted to do, go like, you know, use money for personal or for business. And uh, and it was definitely, we knew it was business because we wanted a kingdom business like what Mia said. And, uh, you know, getting this workshop was such a vital thing because we had reached our capacity with where we were. We, you know, just had a few vans on the road and working from home. So our capacity was here, but getting a workshop would be like way up there. And, um, you know, so we had to like, we won't even be able to, you know, be profitable straight away. So like I uh, needed a supernatural breakthrough for us to get there. But we had to take a massive leap of faith. Um, and in doing that, we were giving uh, in the pledge. And we just knew the pledge, like God's going to cover us. Like he has to have our back and, and, you know, and stand on his word and know that he's got us. And, you know, like looking for this building was was uh, like a, a mission in itself. And there were so many to choose from, but none really I felt on my heart that we should be moving into. And there was one and it was uh, it was a bit of a, not a drama to get in, but like there was a wrestle because uh, there was other people wanting it and there was things we had to change um, that the landlord had to do before we moved in. But uh, we just believe that, God, if you want us to go in here, you're going to make a way. Like, this, is the only, this is the last building and we knew it was the right time and God just made that way and his, he was just providing for us and bringing the breakthrough. Um, and, and then it came to doing the fit out and uh, it's because it was just an empty shed. So when you're a car detailing business, you need a lot of gear and uh, we didn't want to move into a small shed where we would just outgrow straight away. We needed somewhere we could fit like six. And when it rains, like eight cars we get in there. Um, so, you know, we, we wanted to be able to grow into it. So it's like a proper investment and eventually buy it as well. So, you know, we had to do like an over over an $80,000 fit out just to be able to operate in this place. And so, you know, like we never really had the money to do that at all. And so we knew God wanted us to do it. And so we had to, we just prayed, God, we need a way, we need to find a way to do this. And and then the landlord who actually built the building was like, well, I'll actually do all your fit up for you. You can just pay me back. And if you don't pay me back, I'll take everything, you know. And and so we'll just like, well, that works for us um, because we're not going anywhere. Like, you know, we're in this for life. Um, and and so, you know, he did that. Um, and it's actually a, a really good landlord. The real estate sucks, but the landlord's amazing. Um, and he did that like nearly interest-free as well, which was a huge blessing. And, and just... We've just had, we just know God's had his favor just upon different areas of, of um, just moving into our workshop. And, you know, like we were literally like not thrown into the deep end, but we really were in the deep end in, in uncharted territory. Like we never knew what we we're doing. Like, you know, we've operated a, a small business, but this was just neck level. Like it was just so new to us and we needed guidance. Um, and, but like, you know, it was so scary, but at the same time you had peace. And so when, 
you might have to make a decision. Like we had to make a decision where we were really scared about it, but we knew deep inside it was the right thing to do on our heart. And even though we had people close to us that said, don't do it, like, you don't want to do that, it's going to go bad, like, don't do it, it's too risky. And, like, yeah, it was risky, but, like, everything's a risk, you know, like, and that's what, like, faith is, like, you know, like, um, you know, depending on things that you can't even see or anything. So, um, you know, and and doing that was really hard because people, you value you value their opinion and they would, like, crush your dreams. And so you really, you couldn't hold on to their opinion. We've got to hold on to God's opinion and, and his word, which is what we've, what we've done and, and what we did. So, you know, that was a, a massive um, challenge for us. But in the same way, like, you know, when we do our pledge, it's such a blessing to be a blessing. Uh, like, you know, we just look at the church now and that everyone, all the people that give, uh, you know, out of, the, out of generosity and to see how, where, how far the church has come and the people and the families restored and the miracles. And it just makes it so worth it. Like, it, even no matter what's happened in my life, I see what happens in everyone else's life and you see the families come together and like breakthroughs and miracles. It's just like, this is what it's all about, you know, so, yeah. Good. Wow, that's good. That deserves a clap, I think. That was brilliant. Yeah. So good. Wow. Wow. So back to Dave. So walking the journey of life and family, business, ministry, means that there are often lean times when you are building, times where you experience opposition from the enemy, and sometimes life just happens, and a breakthrough point seems a little far away. How have you kept faith and stayed strong during these times? All right, there's always going to be opposition and adversity from the enemy. It just comes with the territory of being a Christian. If there isn't in your life, you're not ruffling enough feathers down in hell. Okay, so it's going to come. So prepare your faith, prepare yourself. I was in the SAS for many years, and we never did any, anything against the enemy without a lot of preparation. So, you know, just understand it's going to come and be prepared. You're probably also going to get attacked in the area of your assignment, because the biggest thing the enemy wants to do is shut down your assignment, stop you doing what God wants you to do. And you'll see that throughout the Bible. So uh, to give you an example, um, I got banned from the provision of financial services for two years by ASIC, our corporate regulator, uh, for misleading the public. Now, I never misled the public at all. We just simply had uh, a, a compliance officer who they appointed who was incompetent, and they deemed him to have misled the public. We always pay... Everyone makes heaps of money that deals with us and so on. We have the best track record in this whole country. But I got banned. Now, that is an insult on my integrity, and my assignment is all about integrity, lecturing all around the world, on, uh, uh, you know, at international conferences, at, at economic summits all over Europe and the US, and so on, even secular ones, lecturing at universities, all about integrity and funding the kingdom and, and being honest and stuff. And yet I've got, if they Google me, they say, oh, Mr. Hodgson misled the public, which is an absolute load of rubbish. But that was an attack. You know, and I expected that to shut us down. But you know what? Ephesians 6 says you must stand. When you've done everything, when you've read the word, you've got the sword out, put on the breastplate, do all these little tricks, then you stand. And to stand means to continue doing your assignment. It doesn't mean go and stand in the corner and woe is me. The devil's trying to stop you doing your assignment. Continue to do it, and that is standing. So I continue to do it. And you know what? During those two years, which expired in July last year, our company doubled from 400 to 855 million, okay? KI went off its face, right? The ministry, all about integrity, went berserk, okay? And ASP movement was born all during that time when the enemy was trying to attack the assignment, 
Okay, so really important that you understand that, prepare and, and be ready for it. Uh, in the area of support, as Pastor Paul asked, uh, um, intimacy with the Lord is so, so important, ladies and gents. Um, that's why he created us in his image. There's nothing else, no other living organism, no other species of anything can talk to God. No dogs, cats, goannas, nothing can, nothing, none of them understand spirituality. We are spirit, we are, we're, we're spirit beings, okay? God put a spirit into us so that we can communicate with him. He wants his creation to love him back. That's our job. So that's why I take a day off every week to go and pray, even though I'm running a big group of companies, even a big ministry and so on, and busy, so, so busy, I still take a whole day every Wednesday to go and pray to God. I want to, I want to be intimate with the Lord. I want to know what's next. You know, we're creating the world's first just sheep nation. No one's ever done it. There's nothing to read. There's no one to ask except the boss. All right, so I need to be intimate. We should all be intimate, and you will come home saturated with the Lord and comfortable and at peace, and, and you don't fear anything when you do that. Also, uh, I'm close to Pastor Paul. He often, I never trouble him. I'm the lowest maintenance Christian on the planet, but Paul often phones me and says, Dave, we need to have lunch, you know, or let's have coffee. I, I need to know a bit about Kaya, what's going on in your planet. So we do that quite often. Um, and, and that's my accountability line, you know, and wherever I'm lecturing anywhere in the world, the very first thing I do is talk about my spiritual covering and my accountability line, Senior Pastor Paul Bartolo and Kate and the leadership by name in this church. You guys are famous. <laughs> it's literally because I announce it everywhere in the world, and that's so important to me. And then lastly, we have intercessors. We pay intercessors to pray for us. They send us prayer reports every two weeks, and those prayer reports are so accurate it's just like they're reading our emails and interrogating my staff, basically. But they aren't. You know? And I table those in the boardroom. They go into our minutes. And our auditors look at that and think we're bananas. But nevertheless, it's so important to me. And they're so accurate. And really, it keeps us on track, keeps all our intimacy in line. And the enemy ain't going to get through in any direction at all. And that is outstanding. Thank you so much for that, Dave. Wonderful. Well, this is a question just as we wrap up tonight as well. Uh, what encouragement would you give to those of us here tonight considering taking our next step in pursuing God as the source of our provision and apply these principles to our lives and generosity in all those areas? We'll start with you, Joe. Um, so especially, I believe, if you're a new Christian, um, just understanding why we tithe as Christians is so important and like and giving as well. Uh, like we all, a lot of people know it's ten percent, but like you know why? Why is it that? And and why do we give that first? And uh, you know, especially if you're someone that actually wants to know all the facts, and I think it's really important to know why, because then uh, when you tie it to you know like a, a passion or like a purpose uh, where you know you might have um, a heart to see a breakthrough in, in some area, it really um, I don't know, like it just really makes you stronger and, and makes you really want to do it more um, and gives you a reason to do it. Uh, so I, I, for me, I really recommend reading The, the Blessed Life. Um, it's a really good book. And if you're not good at reading like me, then you will get through it okay. Uh, there's no big words more than like eight letters, which is nice. So, um, so honestly, it's a really easy read. Uh, and it just, it literally like, it was a game changer uh, for me. Like it really helped me understand more and, and I, I honestly believe it will help so many more people too. Yeah. Wow, wow. If you want to know more about the Blessed, Blessed Life book, please just see our Connect team after the service. They'll let you know. We may be able to get one of those books for you. Just write it down. We give them away free. So if you haven't already received one and you're a part of City Edge Church, we'd love to do that for you, which would be great. Over to you, Mia. I really encourage... Is that me? 
I really encourage um, everyone to just make sure you're praying. And if you are married, you really need to pray together in unity. Um, it's so important and not just praying one-on-one, pray together in the same room and make sure you both get the same number, the same amount, especially when it comes to tithing giving. Um, if you're on the same page, you can really then see God's breakthrough and be you know, holding each other up when you're like, oh, this is hard. The other person's like, no, nah, we've got this, we can do this. And if you're single, make sure you pray it through and like seek your pastors if you're unsure. But if you're challenged to do something, then God's put on your heart, you need to follow through and pray and then believe and, and step in faith and go forward from what he's asked and you'll see the breakthrough. Wow, that's so good, Mia. I just want to encourage everybody too. Every Tuesday morning, we have a prayer meeting here, church-wide prayer meeting. It starts at 6. We have six, uh, 15 minutes of just connection time, coffees, and then we start at 6.15 and, um, and pray for about 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And it's just an amazing time. We have worship. We pray together for the needs of the church and just to see the advancement of his kingdom. And uh, if you don't know how to pray, I want to encourage you to come. Wake up early. I love, I love what uh, Psalm 5, 3 says. It says, I rose early to pray. It, in so many words, it says that. And I love on Tuesday morning, we're up here, people wiping sleep out of their eyes. But it's, it's amazing as we come together, we start to worship and we pray united as a church. If you want to know how to pray, come. Stand with someone who seems like they know what they're doing. Walk with them, okay? And uh, come and, and we, I just, I'd love to see this place filled with our church as we pray and believe God for the future, which is great. So good. And, uh, and over to Dave, if you can uh, just give your thoughts, final thoughts there to encourage us. Just quickly to add to Pastor Paul's, if you have to get up early and pray, wake the devil up. Right? Don't let him sleep. Wake him up, <laughs> attack him in prayer. Okay, so if I was to encourage you to do anything, uh, I would encourage you to uh, be so aware that God's going to test you at all the different levels to see where is your faith at and where is your reliability on his provision at. So whether it's subsistence or overflow or multiplication, he needs to know and you need to know where you're at and, and he's going to test you. So when those tests come, think of a strategy to pass the tests. You know, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I get tested all the time and I've learned to recognize those tests. So Kingdom Investors is too big to travel now and I'm, too, I'm an old fossil. I can't keep, you know, doing 55 overseas trips in one year and I'll drop dead somewhere on a plane, you know. So we had to put KI online. So Kingdom S is going online, we're filming all the lectures, we're going in the bush and filming prey days, all sorts of fancy things are going online. But it has a vast, vast audience, this KI. Um, and I get a lot of pressure from a lot of people saying, you should be charging, you should have a membership, membership site and charge 20 bucks a month and people will join, you make heaps of money. And um, this has been a dilemma for me for a long time because I've never, ever charged for KI. We always pay. We pay our own flights and never take offerings. We offer 10 grand for lectures at different for government things. Never, ever take it. Even though I want the money, I still don't take it because I just don't feel right. And I felt the Lord saying, don't do it. So I've never, ever taken money for doing KI and it costs over a million dollars a year to run it and we pay ourselves, okay? So now I'm getting all this pressure to do this. And you know what? There could be a lot of money made out of KI because... Um, you know, like just last year, just for example, I lectured in, in Miami and Florida to a church of about 3,000 Hispanic people. They then put that on their local TV channel. It went to over 2 million. So six lectures to over 2 million Hispanic people. Uh, uh, Pastor Freddie, I remember, I asked you to translate it into Spanish or Portuguese or some funny language. But anyway, it was tongues of some sort. But it, it, it went. And then they showed it in this November gone to South America. 64 million people watched it. So imagine now if just 1% of those joined KI 
640,000 people, $20 each per month. That's over $12.8 million a month. So that's what we could make if we charge. So this is a dilemma for me. I, don't, I think the Lord's testing me. What am I going to do? So I'm whinging to the Lord saying, Lord, what do I do with this? You know, we can fund the kingdom with this. And I'm thinking, well, you know, we've got also businesses. That's what we're supposed to fund the kingdom. We're supposed to keep this free. That's my, my heart gut feeling. Anyway, this about two weeks ago, I'm going praying on the pray day. I drive all the way to Lake Barumba, jump on my jet ski. The whole way I'm whinging to the Lord, what do you want, Lord? Give me a sign, you know, send me an email. And I'm going across the lake, same thing, setting up my camp for the day, same thing. I'm asking the Lord, should I charge for this KI? And I opened my Bible, which is, uh, you know, obviously the computer these days. And uh, this is the verse that came straight to me. Okay, and this was literally the very first verse that I opened up. And it says, yeah, this is uh, 1 Peter 5 verse 2. Watch over the group of God's people that God has given you, the business people, right? Uh, be like a shepherd to them. Do this work because you want to do it. God knows I don't like public speaking. I don't like going and doing KI, but he's changing my mind. Do it because you want to do it, okay? That is how God wants you to be. Do not do it just because you have to. Do not do this work because you want money, okay? Instead, do it because you want to help people. It doesn't get more direct than that. So there's now my test. What am I going to do with this test? Am I going to just like, okay, Lord, well, you know, let's go and see what verse 3 says. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's try and dig a little deeper and try and interpret it maybe differently because you can. It's pretty obvious, eh? So now comes my test. What will I do? Well, last week, in fact, yes, not yesterday, on Friday, I only got back yesterday from lecturing to an audience. This is a massive audience. Benny Hinn's there. So they all come to listen to him, but I've got their ear. This is an auditorium of 7,700 seats. This is just faces of CFA. There's only 150 people here, so think about it. And you know what? I, I had already decided I better listen to the Lord, but I better make a public announcement that I'm doing this. So I stuck a slide up. Can you put that slide up, please, Shana? And I stuck this slide up for the whole world to see. KI is going online. You can join for free, okay? I had to pass that test. I really encourage you. Pass those tests where you have to rely on God's provision and then he will multiply, he'll provide the multiplication. Okay? Wow, wow. That's so incredible. Can we put our hands together for Dave, Joe, and Mia? Have you been blessed tonight?